Say that podcast your big questions get real answers. My name is Matt King. I'm your host here in the city of Chicago, and joining me here is Glenn Fitzgerald, the president of Mission USA. It's over. It's finally over. No more holidays. That's true. Also joining us, Jed Brew, the director of Mission, Mission USA Productions. It'll never be over for me. <laughs> Probably also true. Also joining us, be the Magic of the Interwebs, all of Mercer, Tennessee, one of the past Grace Community Church, Lee Younger. I love the holidays. The holidays are special. <laughs> <laughs> you are the worst kind of person. He really is. Um. Here's the thing. Uh, this is a show where your questions get uh, big answers. Something Close like enough. That. And uh, that's what we like to do. We People send in questions, and we dispense the amazing wisdom. Now, occasionally we have stuff that we, at the top of the show, make an announcement, you know, have an emergency declaration, sure. etc. Sure. On so occasion, on. you mean ninety nine percent of the time. Uh, you know, sometimes uh, we just have important things to talk about, man. You got to really uh, not what important means. It's it's like uh, when you're in in church and they're making the announcements. Well, you know? it's just like you that. can't like go that. St- that no one's paying attention. You can't go yeah. straight into the wisdom if there's something critical that you have to deal with. And uh, we, right. the only means. reason that we would put a halt to the wisdom is if there's something of that type of gravity not I mean, what gravity means an emergency for example yeah then you know the uh, i mean otherwise yes yeah get right to the wisdom but in this case we've got an emergency wow well who could have seen that coming tell me more about what a shot. it i declare an end of the year award emergency oh, yeah well, that does sound urgent it's time and we probably what you need to do is later on paste in award music i'll totally know? do that like with the orchestra something like that sure and then you know like something that evokes a mental image of tuxedos sure you yeah. see what i'm saying in gowns you know uh because it's time for the second annual thatties whoa <laughs> wow wow <laughs> I just, um, I, I just, I didn't, I didn't. That was I, kind of an improv, wasn't I, it? Yeah, ahead of time, I did not, I didn't clear that. <laughs> you didn't vet that. Sure. And I, and now I'm, I'm regretting it. Yeah. You can go ahead and clip that out later. Sure, I'll do that too. Uh, <laughs> I'll do that when I put in that music. Yeah. So, exactly. So it's the Daddy Awards. Went back to that well, did you? I just, you know, I. Uh, Sometimes you got to double down. You know, some, yeah, maybe you get used to it. If the show's uh, taught us anything. Sometimes you got to take your terrible idea and just double down. Commit That's to the right. bit. So what we've done is, um, uh, you know, Price Waterhouse has uh, gathered this information and they've delivered it in a sealed container Ooh. to uh, Matt King as the host of the podcast, who will now uh, host the award ceremony. And and uh, uh, so that's that's uh, that's the emergency. All right. Well, we do have our say that awards here compiled by Glenn. We'll, uh, I guess we'll read a couple out, and then we'll, uh, we'll st- if anybody has commentary in between, just go ahead and jump in. All right. So might as well, we're starting off really putting our foot in it, whatever that is. The first category is Best Beard. Mm. Okay. okay. Nominees yeah. are, keep in mind, Glenn wrote the script on this. The nominees are Jesus. That's, that's, <laughs> that's, that's a strong opening right there. Abraham Lincoln. Ooh, yeah, yeah, okay. yeah, that's a good beard. Yeah. Abraham Okay, yeah, sure. Also sure. Good. I assume we mean the biblical Abraham and not just some guy you know. Either way. Either way. And Any, anyone named Abraham with a beard. Sure. Oh, and, well, myself, Matt King. Matt King. Wow. It's an okay. honor just to be nice. nominated, but yeah. it's even more of an honor to win, which I have for the second year. Dang, that's impressive. Nice to know that no matter how much good work I do for Glenn and his organization on this podcast, he mainly focuses on the beard. I kind of get the feeling that... Uh, uh, you know, Jesus was probably going to win that. So. Well, he was definitely the favorite, you know. Yeah, and, yeah. so. Uh, Here's the thing. I like to think if anybody would be happy for me, it would be Jesus. <laughs> okay. Well, I mean, but. He just seems like he ha- he just seems like he can keep things in perspective. Sure. Yeah, but okay. maybe maybe when you give your uh, your acceptance speech, Matt, maybe Jesus is the one on the ones and twos playing that, that music that cuts you off pretty quick. Oh, yeah. Because he yeah. was the biggest favorite on that. 
As an yeah. important point in as going forward, there will be no acceptance speeches. There will be commentary we give, but we can't open up for like that. And um, somewhere, some church in Brooklyn has a mural behind their uh, their stage of Jesus on the ones and twos. Right. <laughs> That's kind of all I can think of now. Yeah. And that pastor wears some very expensive jeans. Yes, he does. All right, moving on to our next category. <laughs> this is a very Glenn category. Best attack. Yeah. And the nominees are... Canadian bacon. Yeah, okay. Wow. Yeah, That's all it right, says. Right. Glenn, would you care to elaborate? Just well, its very existence uh, is an attack the, on the you? Ca- Canadians call ham bacon, which means that they're all liars. Okay. Okay. And you feel this is attack an attack who is this an attack on? Canada, but bacon also. It's a, okay. it's it's a war on bacon that we are attacking the war on bacon. Okay. Best attack, second nominee, Christmas. Yeah. Sure, sure. Again, yeah. I'm, I'm going to need you to elaborate. That's uh, 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 it's over materialized, and yet I don't seem to get the loot. So, <laughs> are these lists of things you're attacking? Well, just that we have attacked on the podcast. Okay. And the final nominee for best attack: Lee's trip to Spain. That's yeah. right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> an attack yeah. born of envy. Yes, that's right. The envy yeah. attack is really the best kind. Yeah. And prove that the envy attack really is the best kind. The winner for best attack is Lee's trip to Spain. <laughs> <laughs> Must be nice, Lee. Must be nice. Well, it you know I I really did that that trip. Uh, got the invitation, went there, and the whole thing was from El Corazón. And wow. so I don't know why you guys got to hate on it with the Castilian pronunciation right. on it. Yeah, yeah. You know what yeah. I speak? I speak Free American. That's, <laughs> That's the language I speak. The the language of tis of thee. Yeah. <laughs> I've sure. got amber waves of grain right here. <laughs> um, okay. Moving on. Yeah, let's quickly move on. Best arch nemesis. Yeah. The nominees are Joel Osteen and his army of time-traveling cyborgs. Yeah, okay. yeah that's, uh, that's a strong entry. Right? It's really the only nominee, so I think we can just skip to the winner, which is, oh, surprise winner. This just in, actual true fact, Kim, Tim Keller's podcast has, for the moment, Topped Brother Osteen's Whoa. in the iTunes Christian Podcast chart, and as you, those of you out there, may remember our feud with Joel Osteen is totally predicated on his number one spot in the iTunes Podcast chart. Uh, so, absolutely, this means we got a, a Keller feud brewing here. I don't, you know, I don't have anything. I don't even know where to start. I don't, sure. I don't know who that is. I also don't know who that is. <laughs> they all kind of blend together. To I me. seriously don't. Is know he the one who has blue like jazz, or who doesn't no. want me to waste my life? No, that's Donald Miller, who's cool. Is his is his love crazy? No, that's Francis Chan. Um, I don't have any idea. He's Presbyterian, though. Here's what I can yeah, tell you. Here's what I can okay, tell we you. Know the the feud is, is going because uh, Brother Osteen is in Houston. Is that right? Right. right. Exactly. Well. Brother Keller is in Manhattan, so right. I feel like it's in some ways it's creeping closer. It's coming. It's getting, yeah. it's getting classier. Yeah, I mean, the real know, estate on this feud's getting more expensive. Look, sure. uh, I, you know, I think at some point we need to fall back and regroup because we can't just get a feud going twenty three skidoo. You know, you gotta you gotta build it up. You gotta get a whole I do a recon. Going. You know, yeah. So you know. Uh, I mean, he. I know that recently he was written up in the Wall Street Journal, ooh, and that that seems evil. Yeah, a little bit, yeah. but I, they just wrote about him. I don't think it, was, it wasn't like his fault. Yeah. Sure, you know, it's um, uh, uh, we, we got to figure out something. You know, all right, so well, uh, we're gonna have to work on that. We're gonna put that on hold. Stay tuned. <laughs> Next category: the nominees for best Jed. Yes. We have Legalistic Jed. Oh, that's a good one. Classic. We have Cambridge Jed. Mm. Classic. Yes, yes. We have Palpatine Jed. Mm, yes. <laughs> let's let's have a little bit of Palpatine Jed. <laughs> Is Palpatine Jed commenting on anything in particular? Uh, yeah, just... Tim uh, Keller. Tim oh, Keller. Yeah. Oh, my... Oh, Lord, yes. My moment is finally come. <laughs> you want your book contract, don't you? <laughs> Take it! Strike me down <laughs> with all your hatred and your hermeneutics. Then your transformation to the dark side of the theology shall be complete. 
that hatred and your hermeneutics. That may be one of the best things ever on this podcast. Yeah, look, people, we we do a lot of wasting your time and ours in this emer- in these emergency segments, but that was gold. You need to make that your ringtone. <laughs> also, just a just something I want to say to our to our uh, our listeners out there. You spent three years laughing at jokes about Joel Osteen being a megachurch pastor. <laughs> you don't get to be offended about jokes about Tim Keller That's being a megachurch right. pastor. That's right. All's fair now. All right. <laughs> the winner on that one is, it says legalistic Jed on here, but after that, it's upset win. Palpatine yeah, Jed takes it. Palpatine Jed. Palpatine uh, Jed in the fourth qu- with the fourth quarter rally there. Yeah, absolutely. All right. We want Rex Cadroid. Best podcast improvement suggestion. Right. Yeah. The nominees are Glenn. For yeah. edible mascot, edible podcast mascot. <laughs> That's yeah. Cool one. yeah, yeah. The chick was, was that strong. the chickens? That was that the was chicken. chicken. Yeah. Glenn for extended rant on knowing when you can pull off a smoky eye. Yeah, sure. You got to know when you can pull off a smoky eye. And in a really, just a really good sentence, Glenn for <laughs> jeggings. Jeggings. <laughs> Which I also th- are campaign signs Glenn has had printed up and just put around the house here. And my, Glenn uh, for jeggings. Hey, jeggings makes everything better. Do you wear jeggings? Uh, I, you He's know, just I, in favor of them philosophically. I, and I, I feel like I had the legs for him. I know. think you're totally right, dude. <laughs> so, that's, that's, you know. that's Glenn's Bartlett for America. Fitzgerald you know. for jeggings. <laughs> that's right. And the winner is... You, the listening audience, because we didn't do any of those. Wow. There you go. You're welcome. All right. Next category, best podcast fans. Mm. The Mm. nominees are fans of the Joel Osteen podcast. Ah, no, no. Fans of the Tim Keller podcast, whoever that is. Fans of the inexplicably still in existence Mark Driscoll podcast. (laughs) That's actually a thing. (laughs) And the winner is, say that podcast fans. Best looking fans on earth. You, We're not you, saying you, that to you. suck up. Well, we kind of are, but it's also true. Sure. That's true. All right. Next category. This is this is a barn burner every year. Most offended country. <laughs> the nominees yeah. are Canada. Yeah. yeah. Perennial favorite. Yeah. Spain. Newcomer. Oh, yeah. yeah. With least trip. Yeah. Another perennial favorite. England. Sure. Yeah, always sure, taking sure. a lot of heat. And the winner is England. Mainly for this, for the Glenn, the tweet Glenn put up this week about Queen Elizabeth II and Chewbacca being best friends, <laughs> sure. due that's... to a picture of the Queen and I'm assuming an SAS soldier in a yeah. ghillie suit, yes. yeah. who Glenn decided to call Chewbacca. <laughs> yes. And uh, well, and also you know that was a there wise was a, decision. It, there was also a follow up tweet of the Queen just firing off an automatic weapon. Right. That's also true. Well, that's just Glenn's phone background is what that is. <laughs> so, uh, I yeah, I, I think, uh, you know, that I, I don't blame them. Sure. And I completely agree with them. The good thing is the English on that, well, actually the Canadians and the English on that list, even if they're offended at you, you're not going to know it. Yeah. That's the beauty of it. It's not going to overcome the repre- repressed politeness. Exactly. Well, hopefully we're transitioning from Queen Elizabeth Hopefully, she will be a future appearance in this next category. Okay. okay. Best guest. Ooh. Oh, nice. Okay. okay. Right. Just come, Liz. Just you want to come on and chat? Let your hair down. We'd be happy to let. Right. Sure. Yeah. You can bring Philip. You probably don't want to put him on the mic, but you can bring him. <laughs> right. It's a deep cut for some of our friends in the UK. Yeah. There. All right. Nominees for best guest: super cool recording artist Randall Goodgame. Woo! Yeah. Slugsandbugs.com. Super cool YA author Raj Paulus. Woo! Right. Super cool recording artist Sandra McCracken. SandraMcCracken.com. And the winner is Glenn. <laughs> What? Who, in his official title, considers himself a guest star on the podcast well, far that, more than a host. That is technically true. Okay. <laughs> and I'm honored to receive this award. I want to thank all dun, the dun, dun, little people dun, dun, that yeah. helped wow. <laughs> Expected someone to do that. Didn't expect Lee to be the one to jump on it first. <laughs> he is, however, the only person on this podcast not employed by Glenn. So that's maybe true. that's got something to do with it. All right, next next category. This is a great one. Say that pet of the year. Yeah. Okay. Ooh. The nominees are Nicole's golden retriever wearing the say that shirt. Sure. Strong. Yeah. You sure. Find strong. a picture of that on the blog. Very strong. Kicked off the whole pet thing. Sure. Mm-hmm. Second nominee, Laura Livesey's cat Doug, who wearing a custom say that made hat. Incredible. Sure. He right. did not look pleased. Not at all. No. But he all hung right. in there. Totally. 
All right, future uh, the our last nominee. This one proposed future chicken mascot. Right, sure. That we would sure. then eat. Yeah, this right? is Glenn's idea that we have a official say that mascot who we then devour. <laughs> That's correct. <laughs> and I let me tell you what, nothing's more fun than a pet chicken. <laughs> I've said it once. I've said it a thousand times. So you you have the pet chicken. And you know what? When you're done, it's not over with because why? Chicken nuggets. Yeah. Sure. You know what yeah. I'm saying? You got, it's, it's a part of you forever why. in a it's, very literal way. It's the best way to honor his life. <laughs> <laughs> Just Lord. dipped in sweet and sour and barbecue sauce. That's it. All right, here we go. The winner for Say That Pet of the Year, a tie between Laura and Nicole, if only to stop Glenn from moving ahead with chicken-related plans, because we yeah. ain't got the room for it, people. Yeah. Yeah. We're not zoned for that. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Next category, a a perennial tight race. Best pre- best presenter most often in trouble with his wife for comments made on the podcast. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. How many are Jed? Yeah. Yeah. Glenn. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'm only reading the actual verbiage Glenn has put on this. Undisclosed future wife of Matt. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I think wherever Matt's wife is, clearly she's listening to the podcast. Right. Sure. If you're listening to this podcast and you're a single guy, you may be Matt's future wife. You can wife. be Matt's future wife. Uh, so she's probably already disappointed in Matt, so that's a valid category. All right. The winner is Glenn for the second consecutive year. Yes, thank Continuing you. a much longer 20-year streak that ha- existed before the podcast <laughs> yeah. yes. of Glenn just being in troubles for things he said. That's true. All right. We have our final proper category here. We got some lightning rounds in a second, but this is a big one. Christian movie of the year. Ooh, yeah. okay. We're trying to move in on the the real kind of... We're trying to up our award show profile. Right. So we're giving out an award. Here we go. Christian movie of the year. The nominees are Fight Church. Ooh. Fight Church. Which had, and we don't, this was not a separate category, but the best single scene in the history of cinema, <laughs> yeah. as we mentioned, the simultaneous nutshot knockout for Jesus. All right. Yes. Second nominee for Christian movie of the year. Christian Mingle. Yeah. You yeah. may recall Christian romantic comedy actually called Christian Mingle. Yeah. Final wow. Christian movie of the year nominee, Kirk Cameron Saves Christmas. Ooh, okay. Oh, okay. Yeah. Lord. Yeah. That's rough. <laughs> <laughs> that is the best review from a man who did not and shall not see that movie, no. but you know that's accurate. Oh, that's yeah. so good. <laughs> the winner for best Christian movie of the year is Guardians of the Galaxy. Thank Woo! you. We know it's not actually Christian, but we didn't see any of those other movies, and it had a talking raccoon. Yes. Who shot stuff. Yes. Let me tell you what, and I, I've said this before, and I stand by it. You make yourself a movie with a talking raccoon that's got a gun in it. I'll see that movie. I'm seeing that movie. Absolutely. And a talking tree creature Take my money. voiced by Vin Diesel. I'm buying that ticket. Period. Okay, Hollywood, so you know, pay attention. And apparently they are. It's not complicated. There's a sequel coming, and... Would there be a sequel coming if Glenn hadn't made that pronouncement in this podcast? No way to know. We'll never yeah, know. No never know. We may never know. All right. We got a lightning round. We got a few uh, special awards here. This is kind of a technical award. Here we go. Wedding of the year. Super fans, David and Lauren. Yeah. Best food sent into the podcast. Insufficient quantities were available for testing. Additional food <laughs> items need to be sent in and evaluated in order to obtain definitive results. I think that's that, only that fair. Yeah, that seems yeah. reasonable. Yeah. Just send send more stuff in, and we'll see what we can figure out. Sure. Uh, time, to, time to take my medicine on this one. Best podcast screw up. When Matt yes. accidentally left in the Skype disconnect and caught <laughs> Jed and Glenn humming the Bugs Bunny theme song <laughs> for their own personal amusement. Yes. Which is... Yes. A little more PG than what normally happens during the Skype disconnect. Yes. Oh my goodness. So that Lord. was uh that was a bit of a moment for all of us listening Here, back. Here's what you need to know, people listening to this podcast. I'm listening to this podcast, and and that's a rare thing because it's not uh, I, I, it's not my thing. Not really your scene. You yeah. prefer more family friendly entertainment. Uh, it's not entirely safe for the ears in the back seat. So, um, <laughs> what what I'm doing is I'm listening to the podcast, and I realize that Matt has accidentally left in a segment that 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 was meant to be edited out because we lost the the Skype feed with yeah, really Lee. the only time we do any editing is when we have a thing like that and uh, yeah it's kind of slipped my exactly. mind on the way out of the on the way out for Christmas there right so everybody's celebrating happy Christmas and everything and I'm listening to the podcast I realize 
that that has been left in. <laughs> oh, mercy. And I did not breathe for the next I got a text half. message you could feel the panic in. I mean, holy cow. <laughs> the the I mean, what were the chances that we would not say anything deeply inappropriate for that entire minute and a half? So here's yeah. the thing you got to understand, folks, is this this podcast recording is the longest that at least uh, those of us here in Chicago here, and maybe this is true for Lee, too, go without saying anything horrifically, horrifically inappropriate, inappropriate just for fun. So um, sometimes when the Skype cuts out or something like that, and we know it's going to be edited out, we take that moment just to... Um, Let off some steam. Yeah, just to kind of uh, vent our spleen there. And uh, <laughs> yeah. that would be bad <laughs> yeah. if that we, ever got broadcast. It, it, it was one of those, let's never do this again. Well, we, work, you know, right. we work with folks coming out of prison and out of addiction all day. So we're in you know rough situations, dealing yeah. with you know rough people, and it, it kind of creates a certain culture. And yeah. so it takes a lot of work for us to behave ourselves. Yeah, right. That's you know, right. And, That's right. And uh, and we, we we dodged a bullet on that, and so we're thankful. Absolutely. <laughs> All right, we have one more award here: best pre- best presenter at throwing off that throwing Matt off his square and disgusted, making him say, "Lord." <laughs> and we have a dead heat between Jed and Glenn. <laughs> that that oh, seems reasonable. That seems fair. That's that seems absolutely reasonable. right. All I, right. I think you left one out, Matt. Don't think I did. But I've the got the, going on a little long. I have the, the, uh, so let's go ahead and read the last one. Go ahead, Jeff. Is it I for best Foley? Because you just keep crumpling <laughs> things into the microphone. And now. Yes. Best unmarried presenter who can quote Shakespeare on command, who is a black belt, who has devoted his life to serving Jesus and the poor, who is six feet tall, rugged and charming, and loves long walks <laughs> in the rain. And the winner is... Matt King. Yeah. Yeah. You know, that was... You're that, all terrible that was people a, and you should be ashamed of the I, things I, I saw him running away with that category, but it was still great to hear yeah. it handed to him. Yeah, sure, yeah, it's sure, like sure. one of those where you, you hope he wins. You it. can't really relax until it's actually been read out loud. Yeah. You know, I mean. so. Sure, you don't want to turn into the Susan Lucci of that category and just kind of <laughs> so close yet so far thing. All right. Going to be honest, folks. We hope you had a lot of fun with that, but that went on for a little minute, so... Uh, <laughs> MissionUSA.com slash Bridgebox. Visit it. Sign up. $8. Woo! All right, we're going to get into our first question here. I love how we compress the part where we make money Yeah. so we can just be completely useless for more time. Yeah. We uh, we have a lot of gifts here, but uh, given the lifestyles we change, business is not really super-duper one of them. Yeah. All right, here we go. First question. Came in anonymous with our Tumblr inbox. Hang out with us all the way to the end. I'll give you some ways to get in touch with us. This one says, how do you deal with being double-minded? Lee, why don't you kick us off? I'd love to. Uh, this is a this is an interesting question. It's it's one of those things that, uh, you know, I, I think that it's something that all of us run into from time to time. I think double-mindedness a lot, it's kind of about your motives and emotions. So let's say, you know, for the most part, you want to walk with God, but, you know, at the same time, there's all this other stuff you want to. And like your motives are super murky. You know, it's, it's, it's hard to kind of know exactly, exactly what I want. You know, is this a, uh, th- this thing that I want to do for the Lord, is that a pure motive or is there something else I want in the middle of that? Or this thing that I want that's, that's totally out of bounds or there might be something good in there too. The stuff that we want, it's hard to kind of pin down what's good about it, what needs to change about it, what's, what's funky about it and stuff like that. And, you know, I, I like for instance, let's say that God is, <clears throat> Let's say you can tell God is calling you away from a relationship that you're in. This is, it's, uh, it's, it's kind of obvious that he, he doesn't want you in this relationship. You can feel him kind of calling you away from it. So in, in one sense, you're like, okay, well, I need to end this relationship. But what I've seen a lot of people do, and there are people that love Jesus and they, you know, they want to, they want to grow and to walk with him, is that they'll stay in that relationship because they're afraid to be alone. So there's something that God wants for me, and he's making it clear to me, and I need to just go do that thing. At the same time, I'm going to stay in it because I'm afraid to be alone. So you've got – the problem there is it would be really easy to kind of clinically say – 
God wants this for you, just do the thing. But you have all these emotions and you have all these motives and it's all, it just gets really kind of funky in there. And it's real easy, I think, for Christian folks to say, for pastors to stay or to, or people that lead Bible studies and stuff to say, you know, a double-minded man, like the scriptures say, is, is uh, you know, he's unstable in all his ways. And so you just need to do, you just need to have a, a, a clear-minded thing. If God's calling you to do something, do it. Don't have any of this other stuff. But the thing is, is that none of us really work that way all the time, sure. right? I mean, sure. uh, you know, right. totally. you know, we've got these funky motives, we've got these funky emotions. I think for me, one of the best, one of the best kind of, uh, one of the best kind of ways that I can keep myself from being double-minded in the things that I do and the way that I live my life is that I've got to have people in my life who can who can kind of call BS on me when when right. when I'm when I'm you know th- who can. Uh, <clears throat> who can kind of trip the whatever meter, you know, when I'm, when I'm saying, okay, y'all, so this is, this is what my, you know, like I've got a group of guys I get together with. We have, we have a sound, you know, we go to a sandwich place and we're all sitting down together. We talk about our week. So this is what's going on with me. Um, or one of the other guys says, this is what's going on with him. And we all kind of have the uh, permission to, you know, pull the yellow card and say, dude, no. You know, uh, I, I don't really think that's what's going on. Or we encourage the dude, hey, that makes perfect sense. The way you're seeing that makes perfect sense. The thing is, when you're living inside your own head, it's really hard to parse out all the emotions and motives of the things where we're being double-minded. I, th- I think most of us have a lot of double-minded stuff in a lot of the things that we deal with. But when you have other people in your life that you're walking with who can help you look at the situation from the outside, who can ask you questions, you might not have thought about that's when you can really start to figure out what's what's murky what's funky what needs to change what needs to move in what i'm doing so that i can really and clearly have a single-minded attitude toward the things that god's calling me to yeah that's really a lot of really good stuff there one of the things i want to pick up on that lee was talking about there is the idea that um a lot of the traditional christian way of handling this stuff is to say run away from all bad, negative, doughty thoughts. And yeah. in reality, it's chasing after those things can actually end up helping you if you do it in a healthy way, right, Glenn? Absolutely. I think that's a, the the mentality is let's take whatever doubts you have and just smoosh them down. Let's pretend they're not there. Just pretend they're not right. there. Uh, this works exactly 0% of the time. Yeah. Uh, that's actually the exact thing that the enemy is counting on you doing. If you don't wrestle with a doubt uh, and you don't, eliminate that. You don't put that to the side. What happens is the enemy comes in on that doubt and begins to propose that question that you don't have an answer to. Yeah. And that's what creates the downfall. So for us, uh, the idea of taking doubts and getting those front and center and wrestling with them is actually how you get to that sense of determination and focus and moving ahead having confidence, having boldness, all of those different kinds of things. The kind of work that we do would not, we would not be able to get an inch down the road if we weren't extremely assertive, extremely confident, very decisive for sure. And uh, in order to get to that place, we have to evaluate what we're doing. We have to look at it. We have to, where are we weak? What do we need to fix? What, what about ourselves? It needs to be different. We have to go to the Lord and say, Lord, are you with me on this? Is this my dumb idea or is this your idea? So uh, by working through those things, we get to that place of confidence. Yeah. Everything else is you're setting yourself up for a future disaster. Absolutely. I think it's a really good point that um, one of the things you had to figure out, as Lee was talking about motivation and stuff, is whether or not this is your idea or God's idea. And you don't actually get there by just assuming the quote-unquote good one is the God idea. Sometimes what you have to do is just kind of pick a course and start heading that direction, right, Jed? Absolutely, absolutely. I think you know, there's, there's two things that occur to me. One, and this is Glenn's phrase, is it's easier to steer a ship in motion. Yeah. Um, I think for a lot of us, we want to have all the answers first, and then we'll start taking steps. And almost nothing in life works that way. You know, I mean, if you if you say, you know, I, I feel like the Lord is, <clears throat> generally speaking, calling me in a direction of, 
as an example, you know, using music to minister to people, you don't need to know exactly what all that's going to look like right. to get right. started. Right. Um, right. You know, almost you can head in that direction and figure it out as you go. Exactly. Right. Almost anything that's in that direction is better than the nothing that you're currently doing. Exactly. Right. So if we if we take a step at all, that's going to give us you know much much greater clarity. And to that end, if we have a sense of a smart a choice, a smart step we could take towards the things God has for us. I think a lot of dealing with double-mindedness, once we've addressed our doubts, once we've talked it over with other people and we've kind of landed on, this is the step before me, as long as it's a really clear, practical step where we know what it is. It's not, you know, in other words, saying, I will get in shape, that's not a clear, practical step. Saying, I Mm -hmm. will go to this gym at this time tomorrow, that's a clear, practical step. I think once we have it to the point, again, we've addressed our doubts, we've gotten wisdom from other people, we have a sense of we're vaguely heading in the direction the Lord wants, and it's down to those simple practical steps. I think it's about recognizing we need to stop letting emotion have a say in whether or not we take that step. Um, right. It's, it's right. time at this point, I've made up my mind, I'm taking the next step, regardless mm-hmm. of how I feel when I wake up tomorrow. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's a fantastic point, and one of the things I want to talk about here just for a second is, this. Jed makes a very good point, there's this idea of the double-mindedness as Lee talked about it as Jeff talked about that biblical idea of there's, you know, the Roman 7 thing of there's this, the flesh and there's the spirit and we're pulled different ways. But then there's the much more churchy thing of, I mean, maybe. Sure. Right. Who's to say? Sure. To and say. that actually is something we need to let go of, but it's not actually double-mindedness. You want to walk through that, Glenn? Yeah, because uh, I think we get a lot, or I hear a lot of talk in church that really amounts to, well, who's to say? Sure, this seems like a terrible idea, and the Bible's clearly against it, but uh, I'm not going to tell him. Yeah, yeah. There, there's there's a lot of besides and so forth and back and forth, and I think we need a, a series of another 10 or 12 meetings to figure out how are we going to strategize to facilitate the needs assessment of the thing? Well, to give a practical example, the Bible clearly calls us to serve poor people. Right. There's no question about it. We have presented before us an amazing opportunity where we could serve poor people. We have right. everything we need in order to do that. But who's to say if God wants us to do this thing? And is that is now the right time? Are we really in a place where we're ready? Should we maybe study something in a book first? <laughs> I feel like maybe we what we need to get is a prayer committee. Right. Yeah. Maybe for the next eighteen months. Yeah. To really just get into you know, just just lift it up in prayer. Dude, the number of we times I've ha- heard that exact thing is absolutely we, shocking. I think we need to just meet about it and pray about it yeah. and see what happens. Yeah, all of that is the the the. Now we also have the opportunity to buy the to build this building for ten million dollars. Should we stop and go slow? And Let's pray do it. About it that Let's way? do it right now. Do it right now. No dissent. No questions. Build <laughs> it right now. No more oh. talking. Build building. <laughs> Give me building. Oh, we should just do that part. Building me. <laughs> yeah. No, this is this is the thing. Is we have a way of of uh, doing a lot of who's to say because once you know what. The thing is, then you have to act on yeah. it. Yeah. So the debate is a way of keeping the action from moving forward. So I think that that may be part of the quote. As you're saying, it's we we say we're being double minded about it, but it's it's really sort of an avoidance type of thing. Sure, there's a difference between double mindedness and wishy washiness. Yeah, sure. yeah, yeah. That's right. In general, I think there's a lot of great stuff. Uh, one thing I'll say to sum up on the end here is, um, one of the easiest ways to deal with being double minded is just accept it. Yeah. Right. You're never going to not be double minded. Right. Yeah. There's no amount of studying or praying or whatever you can do to not be double minded. I go back to the Romans seven thing of if the Apostle Paul did a whole thing about what I hate I do. Right. And what I want to do I don't do, you're not going to achieve a level of holiness by your mid twenties <laughs> right. where all your instincts are the exact right thing to do. Yeah. So you got a lot of good practical advice from these guys, take them one day at a time. Seek out some wisdom from other people. And most of all, don't let the fact that everything you do is not perfect the first time out stop you from doing anything. Yeah. Because that's exactly what a dude with horns and a tail wants you to do. Let's go and start out with this. That's right. All right, move on to our next question here. Came in anonymously to our Tumblr box. A little different question for us, but I think it's an interesting one. It says, if I tell a guy that I would like to go out for coffee or dinner and he calls back saying that he would like us to go to a restaurant, do I need to pay for both of our orders? How does this work? Dating etiquette is so hard. <laughs> and also, when does who pays for the outing expense stop to matter in relationships? Months, years, thanks. Glenn, why don't you start us off? Well, one thing's for sure. You better get this right or you're doomed. 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 No one will ever. 
alone. <laughs> no one will ever love you again. Alone with your cats forever. <laughs> Wandering the earth in solitude with also your cats. Sure. Um, well, now that we said all your worst fears directly into your <laughs> earphones, maybe we can move on. Yeah, here's the thing. Um, I mean, uh, yes, uh, we're having we're having our fun, but it's because it's ridiculous. <laughs> <laughs> but the the thing is, um, if you want to actually know the the best way to deal with everything you're talking about here, is to is to throw the etiquette out the window. Sure. Really look at. Uh, you're two unique individuals. You want to have a unique solution right. to the situation. The thing is, um, in, in in this organization, I don't like people bringing me problems without some sort of a solution. That, that's pretty standard for, yeah. you know, probably. Just if, in case you're ever planning on working for Glenn, when he says he doesn't like that, he super doesn't like <laughs> <Right>. that. <laughs> yeah. Like, um, don't do that. <laughs> you know, th- I mean, th- I think that's you know pretty standard for a, a, a lot of, uh, like, corporate workplaces you bring bring suggestions and so forth. I think it's the same thing in dating relationship of saying, I think it's great to come out and say, you know, I don't know. Do you pay? I don't pay. I don't know. I'll, I'll pay. I don't know what the thing is, but I have a suggestion. I have a proposal. I think we ought to do it like this because it just makes sense to me. What do you think? That's actually the stuff that relationships are made of where you get in there and you think of something unique that works for you that other people might think is weird. But forget that because they're not in this, yep. and we are. So I think if you actually want to set the right precedent and get on the the right foot, it would be to forget about what anyone else thinks, figure out what would be most comfortable yep. and good and natural for the two of you. All right, it's absolutely great. Lee, what do you got on this? Well, I mean, just right, just coming right in on the end of what Glenn was talking about there, the, the whole thing about – the, you know, is that you guys have a unique relationship. So, you know, it's mm-hmm. for us to say, what are the hard and fast rules for all dating couples uh, of all time for every culture? Well, there are no hard and fast rules. I mean, this is this is the whole thing. You have your own unique thing. And the biggest key about it, where you start in re- your relationship, is the thing that's going to make your relationship good and carry it on through years, no matter where it goes, even if you were to get married to this person, which is not being afraid or embarrassed to talk all the way through everything, all the issues. Yep. And I mean yep. all of it. So mm-hmm. exactly what Glenn's talking about. You face – I mean the number of times that the, the that all the guys on this podcast have people come to us for you know advice or write-in questions or something like that, and they say, I have this thing that I want to say. How do I say it? And most clearly we would say, say the thing. Yep. That exact thing that you just asked me, just say that to them instead of to me, right. and then uh, go with that conversation wherever it then goes. Uh, that's right. that's thing one, two, and three. That's how you do that. So you you know you you say I really don't understand the whole paying thing. Um, makes me feel awkward, um, and uh, you know, but. Uh, you know, what do you think about it? Because there's part of me that feels like, you know, it's the 21st century, so whatever, but there's also this part that makes me feel like it would be maybe romantic if you pay, but I'm asking you out, so I just don't know how that all lines out. You just talk that right. through. Maybe you wind up laughing about something. Maybe you share a moment about a movie that you both like. Who knows? What Whatever the thing is. But you go ahead and you talk about all kinds of stuff. If you go out on a few more yeah. dates and you decide you're going to start dating each other, then you talk about other kind of stuff. These are the kinds of things I do not want to do. Man, some dude took me out one time to putt-putt. I hate putt-putt worse than I hate poison. Right. Don't ever take right. me to putt-putt. You know, whatever right. the thing is, you just talk about it. This is why I hate that. It makes me feel embarrassed or whatever. What, you know, or or I, I love putt-putt. The only thing I want to do is eat Thai food and go to putt-putt. You know, whatever the thing right. is, you just talk about that stuff. And, and then no matter how deep this relationship gets, that's the thing that you have to do the whole time. That never changes the whole time. I've been married 13 and a half years. That's still the thing that we have to do is to, yeah. when we have an yeah. issue, look at it flat out, talk everything through in an unembarrassed way way and here are all the issues here's all the funky little insecurities i'm feeling on this here's the things i'm embarrassed about or i'm afraid about here's all my fears straight out can you speak to any of those and then they knock them down you're like i'm so glad we talked about this so i think that's the main thing is understanding you know i mean for for a dude like me i i was raised in the south i mean 
I mm. I always paid for dates, but that's that's the way I was right. raised. I, I, to this day, if you know, I open doors for ladies, I say yes, ma'am, and I have women say, right. I am not old enough for you to call me ma'am, and I yeah. say, yeah. Right. look, I'm I'm sorry, I didn't mean to offend you, but if I it it I would have been smacked by my mother had I not said yeah. yes, ma'am, to you, yeah. and so for me, yeah. it's muscle memory. You know, and so that's the culture I was raised in. That's the way that whole thing shakes down. But that doesn't mean it has to be that way for you guys, wherever you are. And so you just have to talk about this stuff. Yeah. That's great stuff. Jed? I think the key thing, I mean, you've already gotten a great answer to this. You asked, you know, kind of when does that kind of stuff in terms of who pays, when does that stop mattering? You'll find you guys don't have to worry about it like at all like you don't even need to talk about it around the time you're in an official serious couple it just you know it, it won't really matter one way or another. by the time it's assumed that there's going to be a next one it yeah. kind of fades away exactly right but here's the key thing is let yourself relax i mean mm-hmm. you know uh, kind of we were teasing up front about you know if you don't get this right you're doomed and, and part of the reason that, that we're teasing is because that's actually a ridiculous thought you know, I mean, everybody feels awkward going into a date. Right. Um, it's it's right. it's a form of job interview and everybody feels awkward going into a job interview. I mean, it's it's an awkward thing. And the more that you can be yourself, the more that you can communicate, the better it will go. But relax, because the other person feels just as awkward. Yep. as you do. Um, you know, I mean, I think it's easy for us to get the sense that everybody else is put together and squared away. And I'm the only person in the whole world that doesn't know how to do or how to operate. You know, it's not like that. Everybody feels awkward. Talk it out. This won't be the only thing you need to talk out. Um, you're going to have a ton of things where you feel weird and awkward and that's fine. Talk all of them out and you'll do great. And we believe in you and we love you and we've got your back. That's all great stuff. I had some kind of let's wrap up this question by talking saying that um the recent etiquette as an idea is confusing is because it's all unspoken right yeah. you know you go to a new you know you go to somebody's house and you don't know how they do dinner do we do i scoop whatever one and then pass the bowls or pass the plate to me the reason that that's weird is because nobody says anything what you're hearing from these guys is the antidote to that is just say things right when uh the example i answered this question on blog the example i gave is you know if you say how about starbucks and he says starbucks sounds great how about this two-star michelin restaurant you can either, your options are three at that point, it is to say yes and then have a terrible time leading up to and on that date because you're terrified of what's going to happen when the check comes. Right. It's to just decide that the possibility of having to pay the whole check is not worth it and say no, or it's to say, sounds great, I can't afford that place. Right. Which either then leaves him open to say, well, then let's just do Starbucks and you know you're paying, or don't worry about it, I yeah. am paying. Yeah. Either way... The thing that stops the uh, crazy voices in your head from ruining everything is when you say it out loud. Jed, you got one more thing on this? Yeah, that actually reminds me of something really important. Another thing is kind of a, you know, a, a, a problem with a lot of modern dating is just as there's no definition of who's paying or where we're going, there's no definition of what this relationship is. Yeah. Yep. Are we are we friends? Are we, you know, people getting to know each other? You know, are we um, if you if you got something as as Lee was pointing to, if you've got something you're concerned about, talk about it. You know, if you've yeah. gone you know on, on a date with this person a couple of times and you're starting to wonder what are we, yeah. ask them. Yep. Say right. what are we? You know, right. I mean, the the thing that you don't want is well, I guess we're kind of together. I guess but that's not good for anybody. And right. it's now obviously don't after the first date. Immediately call right. and say, what are we? Where, where's That's this going? Weird. But I'm saying, you know. If, That's a personal issue you have more than a dating thing. Right. But, you know, if, you, if you've been on a few dates and whatnot and, and you're beginning to wonder, you know, what is this and whatnot, talk it out. You know, right. the what you will find with all the stuff, the little stuff like who pays and the really big stuff like what are we a couple, the answer consistently is always going to be talk it out. Yeah. Well, and it's a great point and if, to close on that is. And if someone said, I don't really like talking things out, they, they don't be in a relationship with them. Yes. Right. That's the whole, the whole, well, why don't we just, you know, why don't we just repress everything and then wing it and see how that works out? If we can tell you how that works out, not good. Yeah. Don't do yeah. that. No, you, there, there's something about saying what you're nervous about that kills the nervousness. Yeah, that's totally. A, yeah. That's a great trick. Of just it's all saying, fear of the dark. Yeah, exactly. I'm, I, yeah, I actually don't know what the procedure is here in so what are, what are we doing here? Remind me what I'm supposed to do with this and whatever. You know. Well, I think that's a great a great point about kind of the larger issue that's getting pointed to in this question, which is, I am scared of this one giant this one this one very very small aspect of dating. Therefore, I should just not date. Yeah, yeah, yeah. right. Yeah, that's that's yeah. a mindset we hear a lot of, and it's it's killing all of you. Yes, it is. Just let it go. Let it go. All right, we move on to our next question here. Lovely. It says, came in an anonymous Tumblr box. It says. 
There's a homeless man who comes, who only shows up to our church when we have potlucks, and then asks for rides around town to other churches. People have invited him to the service and to small groups, but he only shows up if there's food, and does the same with other local churches. I'm torn. It feels like we are t- being taken advantage of, but at the same time, the Bible never adds qualifiers like, help the poor, but only if they are genuine and you are not being taken advantage of. What should we do about this guy? Jed, starts off. Well, I think there may be kind of a big picture issue here, and and I think the big picture issue may be that you and your church are not in the in the motion of helping people generally, and so we're we're not quite sure what to do when someone who's on a little bit of a hustle comes by. We don't really know what to do with that. And if that's the case, you're not alone. The truth is, most um, suburban churches actually don't help anyone ever. Um, they um, right. they they might send you know a missions team to Guatemala for what is essentially a vacation for four days in the <laughs> summer. Um, other than that, they they actually don't help anyone ever. Yeah, here's some cans for the food drive or something. Exactly right. The answer to this, the real answer, is to figure out, and and this should start with prayer. Figure out who do we want to help. We have been called by God to help people who are down and out. What are we going to do with that? But not, we will wait for whoever happens to pass by, and then I guess we'll take them to lunch? But figure out what are we as a community going to do to address this charge we've been given by our Lord to feed and clothe and visit and care for? What are we going to do with that? What What is our vision? What's our calling? What's our mission? Maybe that has nothing to do with homelessness. Maybe that's all about teen moms. Maybe that's, we as a church care about teenage mothers. We're investing our resources in making sure that teen moms have every opportunity that they need and every resource that they need. We do car washes. We do bake sales. We do, in but all that gets funneled into supporting, you know, and we partner with local organizations to help teen moms. And that's what we're about. If you, it could be anything. It'd be that. It could be folks struggling with homelessness. It could be folks that are armed services veterans that uh, don't have uh, proper resources. There's a million. Which is all armed services veterans, in case you're wondering. All of them. Um, It could be anything. But if you're in the motion of helping people, and again, as a culture, our culture is that we serve, a couple things are going to happen. The first is you're going to develop discernment. Um, Even if it's not a lot of it, you will have a sense of people who are looking to be helped and people who actually are really not looking to be helped. Mm -hmm. Um, And so when someone comes to you and basically says, hey, I don't really want to be helped, but you want to give me stuff, you say, that's really not what we do here. Just so you know, we do that at the bridge all the time. That's right. The idea of saying to someone, I hear your request, that's not what we do. Right. That gets said in that language every week without right. fail. But we're able to do that because we we know what we do do. Right. We, and we, we also know how to hook them up with what they need. Exactly yeah. right. So we get, we'll hand you off to the people who do that. Exactly right. So if you've got, if you've got dude, um, and again, this is an attitude that will come as you and your church as a whole get in the motion of serving people. It's the easiest thing in the world to say, hey, uh, Bob, you know we love you. You know we care about you. And of course, man, if we're having a potluck supper, you know that you're welcome. You know we're you know, more than happy for you to grab a plate and join us. But dude, this isn't solving your situation. Right. When you're serious, when you're ready for things to change, when you're ready to get plugged into some housing, start turning things around, call me. I'm going to be ready. But in the meantime, man, I'm not going to be driving you to take other people's potluck dinners. You know it's not like that. You know we love you. But meantime, we got other stuff that we're focused on. We're trying to help these teen moms. You know what that is. You And I know you respect that. You let me know when you're ready to move forward. That mindset, that uh, degree of discernment, all that comes from being in the motion of serving people. And again, that's a cultural thing. And that's where I'd encourage you to start, to start praying for maybe you and your small group. Who is it that we as a group of people are going to get in the motion of serving? That's absolutely a great thing. And Glenn, can you pick up on that point of discernment and just kind of some of the stuff you've learned to do in this work for a long time about the way people break down in some categories here? Absolutely. I think there's a, a huge, 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 huge problem that people get into when they're working with homeless people is they don't understand that there's there's a uh, when you're dealing with people who are, are in homelessness, you have three big, broad, very super, super different categories they fall into. One big category, a lot of them are dealing with is mental health right. problems. Yep. Yeah. Um, we do a terrible job with people who have mental health issues here in America, and they're on the streets, and that's yep. where those people need medication, and in, in many cases they need a facility. They can, need ongoing can, medical care. They, it, it, we've worked with homeless ministries here in Chicago where uh, these ministries have helped these guys get the medication they need, and it is unbelievable. It's 
I mean, it's like you wouldn't even recognize this guy. Well, but, you know, literally, we've had guys that we didn't recognize. We've yeah. had to remind ourselves, oh, that's you. Yeah, I mean, there's so much better and improved, you know. So, um, uh, so that's not being helped by your potluck yeah. at all. You're not helping that. The second big category of people who are dealing uh, with homelessness um, are people who are uh, down on their luck. They've lost a job. They've they've uh, they're sort of between they're in bills. transition. Yeah, and they are stuck. They're just they sort of hit rock bottom. It's sort of they were hit with a perfect storm of different things that just overwhelmed them. And the I think the picture you want to have in your mind on helping those people is that it's sort of like. The timeliness of that is key. If you can get in there at the right time, hook the guy up with a job, get them in like a stable place where they can stay and save a little money so they can get into the thing and pay the bills and whatever. There's a lot. It's one of those things where six months from now, this problem is going to be 10 times his size. But if we zoom in and and really get after it uh, in, in an aggressive way, we can make this problem go away pretty quick and easy. So those people really deserve a lot of attention yeah. and focus and, yeah. and we ought to have that, you know, sort of that sense of an intervention and crisis uh, uh, on that. That's great. The, the third type of homeless person is the one that you're talking about and that's the chronic homeless person. Yeah. Let me understand, help you understand the kind of individual we're talking about. We're talking about an individual who has chosen this lifestyle yeah. to be homeless. We, we, again, we work with these guys I, I was, a lot. Uh, a lot. We, uh, I was recently helping another ministry out, um, uh, doing some preaching uh, to some of their homeless guys they're working with. Met this guy. He's sweet, wonderful, great guy. And he was talking about um, living in a park in <laughs> Chicago winter. Yep. And that they found some sort of— It was an old uh, parachute. A parachute, of all things, a big silk parachute. And they figured out some way— to tap into the wiring of a street light and hook up a heater and get inside the parachute wow. so it would be warm. And you're, he's described, I'm sitting in there like, whatever it takes to not be in this situation, you ought to be ready to do that. <laughs> yeah. He's telling me this story about how great it was. <laughs> I mean, we sat in the tent and that we made out of the parachute, and we told stories, and we hung out. It was and a good old time. People were coming by and saying hello, and it was great. You know, it's like sitting on the front porch in their uh, uh, cabin in the woods or something. I mean, it was just crazy. I mean, you're really dealing with a, a, a pathological mentality of, I do not want to be helped. I do not want to get into a shelter. Yeah. I do not want to go to a food pantry to get my food needs. I want to come to your church thing. I want to do it how I want to do it. <laughs> I want to be how I want to be yeah. and give me that food. And you know what? Somebody give me a ride home. Yeah. Okay. What you're doing at that point is called enabling yeah. a really self-destructive lifestyle. And I think you have to ask yourself, is that what you want to do as a church? I think it's a really great point. I just want to clarify real quick on what you mean by um, there's people who are in chronic homelessness who choose that lifestyle. We don't mean they choose to be poor. Right. We mean that if you live in a, even a slightly large American city, there's a shelter system, there's Section right. 8 housing. That's right. There, there are there's couches crash on in almost every case. There are options other than being homeless. There are some, That's as right. Glenn mentioned, you know, you're – you're away from your sports structure and you lost the job and you're living paycheck to paycheck and that, but that's kind of a, a pretty small number of people. And a lot of these people, if they aren't mentally ill, it's on some level, not choosing poverty, not choosing that, but choosing homelessness, which is a, it, a weird, s- a weird mentality for us to understand. Exactly right. Super quick example. There's a there's a bridge over the Chicago River. Two brothers, bless their hearts, figure out how to climb inside the structure of the bridge. They figure out there's a little pocket where no one would see them and know where they are. They put a bed. They put clothes. They move into the bridge. Yeah. And you say, well, isn't that a problem? Because the bridges over the Chicago River are drawbridges yes. that go up 90 degrees in the air. <laughs> well, yes, that's the, the, every now and then they would be asleep, and then everything would turn 90 degrees. <laughs> And you say to this brother, my brother, 
would you like to go to a shelter where it's warm and they have food or whatever? And they say, no, I want to stay in the bridge. This is a, it's, it's hard for people, as you're saying, to get their minds around the kind of person we're talking about. But it's a, it, it is a, 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 a sort of a, a sort of an inconceivable mindset. And we have to ask ourselves as a church, um, do, do we want other people to kind of come in and define what this meeting is and what, what they're doing and sort of use this, in a way other than what it's intended where we're enabling that. Right. That's a great point. One of the things we haven't touched on yet in this is I I assume that the person writing this in is not a pastor or elder in their church. So we're talking about a lot of good stuff here, but what you're hearing from the perspective is of two guys who are in charge of the meeting. Yeah. Right. They're right. in. Here's the thing. All the stuff we're saying, it's all good philosophy. It's all stuff you're working towards. You probably can't just do that on your own. Sure. So right. Lee, as a as a pastor, as someone who has to kind of wrangle people, can you talk about talk to us about that idea of kind of even good even a good idea bringing it to the people who are in charge? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I, I think that you know a lot of people feel like, well, if there's a if there's a you know if I sense a need, then the number one thing that I need to do is I just need to respond right now to it, uh, even if I right. don't know what to do at all. And there's absolutely nothing wrong with going to someone, going to a leader, going to a pastor and saying, here's the situation. What would you suggest? What would you do about this? I mean, we had, you know, when I was first getting into ministry, uh, you know, we'd have situations like this. And, and uh, you know, and I remember talking to, uh, I remember talking to my pastor and saying, okay, here's the situation. I don't really know what to do. The church where I grew up did not ever do anything, period, ever. Right. And, uh, you know, the, the place where I work now, uh, you know, the, the pastors are frequently in prison ministry. We have a guy that goes to a, a building of, of lower-income housing filled with mentally ill people and addicted people. No one in Oak Ridge goes into this place, and he's there like four times a week, you know, loving on people and caring for them and stuff like that. He's bringing other people from the church in there. And so we've got people that know what they're doing with the, with these kinds of situations. And I asked him, hey, what do I do with this person asking for this thing? And he says, well, ask them if, you, if, uh, ask them if they want to go to the shelter. And uh, okay, well, I, I didn't know that you do that. Oh, yeah, ask them if, if they don't. Here's the thing. If they don't want to go to the shelter, they don't want to be helped. And yes, and yeah. when I when I first heard him say that, I mean, you got to understand, you, you folks listening to the podcast don't know this, brother, but the guy that that, that mentored me, my pastor, this is the sugary sweetest guy that ever lived yes, on the face that's of the planet. The truth. And not only yes. that, but he's the softest touch that ever was. Yeah. I mean, he's just yeah. the, you know, he, you know, he'll give whatever. He'll he'll give you his car, you know, if you this need dude it. But not have cash in his wallet when he goes to any city <laughs> of any size. Right. Yeah, this dude's a soft touch. He's a sweetheart. But he says he says flat out, uh, ask him if they want to go to the shelter. If they don't want to go to the shelter, they don't want to be helped. And I, and I remember being really right. shocked by that. And he said, look, the dude that mentored me, this is, so this is my pastor's mentor. This guy in the, in the great depression was a train hobo and an alcoholic. This guy mm. went, he was in every city in this country, you know, just beg, you know, panhandling, begging drunk the whole time before he ever became a pastor, before he knew Jesus. And he, and once he met the Lord and everything, and he started training people in ministry after years and years and years of being a pastor. He told my pastor, Tom, he said, look, the shelter is awesome. It's warm. Right. They got a hot meal. They have people who are professionals at loving and taking care of people on the street. If somebody wants a bed and if they want a, a hot bowl of soup and if they want somebody some shoes and a blanket, then all, all they have to do is take that ride and go to that place. And He said, look, man, I'm telling you, when I was a train hobo and when I was drunk on the streets, the shelter was awesome. The missions are awesome awesome it's a great place to go you, you look if you if somebody doesn't want to go there they don't want to be helped and so he learned right. it from him who had lived in that situation he told right. me and and now i can tell other people but you don't have to just uh you know guns blazing solve every problem put out every fire it's absolutely it's it's absolutely a good thing to do to go to someone who uh who is in charge of the meeting or someone who has some ministry experience on this stuff and see what's our deal what's our angle how are we going to play this thing I think it's all really good stuff. And this, as we pointed out, this is a thing we have been dealing with at our bridge service. We always have, maybe a little bit more recently, just with the way our demographics shift. And you may have heard us use the phrase, and I want to unpack it straight, on the hustle. Basically, the, the ter- when we use that terminology, that basically just means someone who's just trying to get something. Right. Basically, whatever they can. And 
it's not an actual uh, addiction, but in a way that people really get on the hustle so much that it is muscle memory. Yes, absolutely. And one right. of the things about that is sometimes the joy they, they're more concerned about hustling their way into something than what they're getting. Mm. And a lot of times what they're trying to trick us out of giving them is way less than what they need and way yeah. less than what we're willing to give them. Exactly right. So, Glenn, can you walk us through real quick the food pantry thing maybe? That's that's exactly where I was about to go with this. Because we can end this really on a positive note that we have guys that will come in and sort of blow past us and hit the food. Because we do a meal after our service and they'll grab as much food as they can or whatever. And we have to... We had to confront them, but we had to confront them that first week, you know, or as soon as possible. Uh, pull them aside and say, "Brother, we want you to have the food. You're not taking yeah. food from us. Right. We want you to have it. I want you to sit here and eat as until you're full, and you don't have to try and walk off with as much of this food. I can. I, we've got a list of food pantries, and it's by day of the week. So every day of the week." You can go to a different food pantry. They'll give you a bag of groceries. So you can take home. You can uh, you can be well-fed. We're not going to let that be a problem for you at all. I mean, we don't do the food here. That You have to understand that. Don't come here for the food because we just do one little meal. You can't live on that for a week. Go to the food pantry. That's what they do. You mention my name. When you get there, they're going to hook you up. They're going to give you a, a bag of groceries. Everybody's going to be happy. But exactly to your point, it's about pulling them aside and saying, I want you here, yeah. and I want you to have this food. I want you to be part of what we're doing. I want you to, to, to calm down and to relax, to not be on that hustle. I want you to enjoy yourself. I want you to participate in what it is that we're doing. And um, uh, we've had a lot of success by uh, having that moment of confrontation where we're grabbing them and saying, this actually isn't a free-for-all where you come in and do whatever you want to do. It's not a place where you're sort of rushing past us to get something out of us we don't want you to have. It's it's really a case of we want to help you, and we want to help you on a big scale, as you were saying. And I, I, I think I really want to encourage people that that's, by getting in there early, you can make that point. And if we could, just to build on that, if we could leave one thing in your head, and th this has implications with this, but has implications with ministry throughout. Um, there are people, just as there are people who don't want to be helped, there are people who desperately want to be helped, but you have to go find them. Yes. Th this is the thing. So uh, to give you an example. Yeah. Our, our, what, part of what Jen is saying is sometimes the person uh, pursuing you the hardest leads, needs it the least, and the one who needs it the most you have to find. That's exactly right. Yeah. Exactly right. So in, in Chicago right now, it's the dead of winter. If you listen to this when it comes out on Wednesday, it'll be about 20 degrees below zero here on Wednesday. Um, uh, with wind chill, I'm sure it'll be 35 or 40 below. If you've never lived in a climate like that, that will kill you. Yeah. Um, if you're if Quickly. You're, very quickly. If you're out in that for more than... I'm sure you get frostbite starting about 30 minutes without proper um, wind gear. And then, I mean, if you're out for more than an hour or two and you're not like colossally bundled, you're going to die. All right. Well, there's two categories of, of people in that. There's people that look at that and say, no, I'm fine. I, I got a system. I, you know, I'm, I'm going to figure it out. Well, that's the person saying, I don't want to be helped. You know, right. yes, it could literally kill me, but you know what? I'm just going to, I'm just going to roll the dice. Right. But there are other people. And it's true here in Chicago. It's true where you live. That desperately want to be helped. That's right. I would like to be somewhere warm. Yes, I would like to be somewhere yes. cared for. Um, I would like to hear about whatever God has to do with me being warm and cared for. But I don't know right. where to go, and I don't know how to get there, and I don't know what to do with and that. When we're done fixing all those people's issues. We can work on the guys who aren't sure. <laughs> exactly right. Yeah. The key thing is, if you want to work with that second category of people who want to be helped, you will need to go find them. Yeah. You yeah. will need to seek them out and find them. They all almost never will present themselves to you. If yeah. you get in the motion of seeking them out and finding them, you will have so much joy and so much excitement in your life. You will never, you ever regret that decision. I promise. You bet. It's absolutely right. And I want to then uh, clarify a little bit what Jed means by going out and finding them. That doesn't mean going up to everyone on the street and asking them if they would like to be. Do you want to be helped? <laughs> somewhere warm. Again, what we have, like what we have at the bridge is a, a, an ongoing meeting where people come and they bring people and we can kind of sift out that as, as Lee's pointing out, there are people who will come to the church. They will deal with that. And here's one of the things as we're talking about encouraging things out of this question, even though you're doing, here's the thing. There are a lot of kind of white suburban churches where, and we know for a fact, 
poor people just won't go in them. Yeah. They know they're not welcome. They know that, that nobody there wants them. To, yeah. And can, can you imagine needing a meal so badly you will do, you will, you know, go and clearly kind of go in a, an unfortunate situation and skipping that because you know how hard the side eye you're going to get from white church people. Yeah. Right? Right. So apparently you don't go to that kind of church, which is real positive. That's great. Because again, mm-hmm. I don't understand mm-hmm. everything in the Bible. But there's some things in Matthew 25 that make me think the end of all things is not going to be a great day for people who go to those churches. Yeah, right. But you're not that, and there's guys coming, and he may not know exactly how to be. As we're pointing out, maybe nobody in your situation knows how to model how to be for him. And that's all very clear. But as we're talking about here, you can be gentle, and you can be uh, helpful, and you can offer them even more than they'd ask for. But part of that is being firm. You've heard us yes. talk about confrontation. you got to do that. Yes. And part of that is just, is this part of what Lee was talking about with people want to jump in and solve it and be super Christian about it. Don't be stupid. Yeah. Here's what I mean by that. There's a random homeless guy that I don't know who would like me to get in my car and go somewhere with him. Right. Here's the thing. I'm six foot tall, 200 pounds. I do have a black belt. I played football. I've done combat sports my whole life. You do love long walks in the rain. True. I've been working, being trained by the best in urban industry for three years now. I'm not getting in a car with somebody I don't know right. and taking them somewhere. <laughs> right. That's not going to That's, happen for yeah, you. Yeah, that ain't it. They, and whoever, I don't know if you wrote this question in, with your age, gender, size, whatever, you should not do that. Yeah. Right. Right. That is an unrealist, unrealistic expectation. Right. So you have to just know, you can't get overwhelmed by the guilt yeah. of wanting to do something nice. And part of that is having systems in place, being part of something that is constantly helping people, that allows you to make smarter decisions yeah, no overall. Question. All right. If you have a question for us, say that podcast at gmail.com, thebridgechicago.tumblr.com. Remember, you can also sign up for our Bridge Box service. That is songs, sermons, Bible studies, guest devotionals, lots of good stuff. Our topic, what was our topic this month, Jed, January? Uh, this one right now is, what does it mean to love God with all my mind? Exactly. You can sign up for that, missionusa.com slash bridgebox. You can sign up for the Lee Younger version. That's a brand new track for Lee every month. Some other goodies he chooses out of Bridgebox, missionusa.com slash BBLY. We're going to take you out with a song, as we always do this week. We talked a little bit about being double-minded. We talked about, you know, thinking outside the box, about changing the way to think about some stuff. This is a song Jed wrote for our bridge service. It's called Your Thoughts Are Not My Thoughts. We're going to take you out with that. Just remember, we love you. God loves you. There's nothing you can do about it. To say that podcast, something, something about Tim Keller. Here we go. <laughs> In your thoughts are not my thoughts. Your ways are not my ways. And since I know myself, medicine itself. us.